0: Before we start today's show, we wanted to talk briefly to all of our wonderful listeners. We are quickly coming up on our 100th episode, and we want to celebrate that with all of you. To do that, we would like to hand over the microphone to you. We'd love to hear about your favorite episodes, why you keep listening to us, when you shouted at us the most, what you think we should do in the next 100 episodes, basically all of your thoughts about Pop Culturally Deprived
1: like Mandy says we really want to hear you during the episode so there's a couple of ways you can do that we have a speakpipe account uh, so you can call and leave a short message that's speakpipe.com slash eloquent gushing and you can also record yourself by any means a uh, phone a mic podcasting equipment uh talking through two cans tied by a string and you can email them to us podcast at eloquentgushing.com.
0: so matthew what are you hoping to hear from folks
1: uh, I I actually really want to hear where people have discussed or recommended our episodes to other people. Like, where has Pop Culturally Deprived come up in conversation somehow? Like, it always seems to come up for me, like, oh, yeah, we had this conversation on the podcast about that film, and here's a thing that we said. And, I mean, I talk about films a lot, so that's probably fair. <laughs> right. um, how about you?
0: Well, mostly I, I want to hear the things that I already mentioned. I want to know what folks loved. I really want to know when people argue with us, especially if they're, like – listening to us in the car and they're just shouting at us because they either agree or disagree with us. I love Mm -hmm. to hear about those things. Um, Or even things that you've just simply thought that we've gotten wrong. Have I hated a movie that you just absolutely loved and you need to tell me about it? Tell us (laughs) that. Tell us why you listen. You do have some time before we record our 100th episode, but this is our formal request to hear from you and be a part of this milestone.
1: If you don't want to speak, you can drop us something in text form that we'll read out, but I love having other people's voices on here, so it would be amazing to hear from you. The deadline to be included is November the 28th of 2018, in case you're hearing this in the future, and we've already released like 300 episodes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. So you have plenty of time. So there is no excuse for not getting us something. So now we will get on with this week's show. Pop culturally Deprived, and today we're going to be talking about mystery men on your Forks and Flatulence podcast. I'm Andy K.
1: and I'm Matthew Vose.
0: And today we are joined by Jan Moffat, host of the podcast Way Too Seriously and Clockworks, a
2: Legion podcast. Jan, welcome to the show. Hey guys, I am so excited to join you. I'm a big fan of uh, PC Deprived, and I can't wait to weigh in with my opinions. <laughs>
1: Now, I, I think I need to start off by apologizing to our other guests, but Jan, you are near my favorite guest ever. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I had not even put Mystery Men on the list. I had been so convinced I was the only person in the world who liked this film. <laughs> um, so you actually suggested it, which is just the most amazing thing without prompting. Uh, yeah. How come Mystery Men, how come someone else likes this film?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I saw it back like when it first came out in 99. I think, uh, like, I went with my sister or something and loved it. And then Paul and I saw it together when we got together. And for some reason, it's just one of these movies that we quote all the time, that we we own and we watch repeatedly. And just something about it strikes me as so funny that I can't, that I was like, I bet you Mandy hasn't watched this. There's no way it's this weird off-the-wall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movie. I don't know if it's even, like, counts as, like, pop-culturally deprived because it's such a movie that barely anyone has watched or heard of. But it's a fun one. I did read
0: somewhere that it is kind of a gotten cult status. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but we'll pretend it is for the show.
2: <laughs> like, I wonder how many people will have listened, will have watched it that listened to your podcast. A few. Yeah. We,
0: we had a few folks uh, on Twitter who said they loved it. They didn't give me anything else to talk about, but they said they loved it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs>
1: Crazy. So no, I was really excited when I saw this. And I think I'll get into it a bit um, when we get into it into this. But were you aware of the film before you saw it? Did you just go and like, oh, there's that film. Let's go and see that.
2: Yeah, I think like my brother in law was a huge was, saw it in theaters and was like a huge fan. So then we went I went again with them. Okay, so it was like, I was not into into superheroes. I'm a lot like Mandy, like I didn't get into that stuff until later in my life. And so, for some reason, this just kind of hit me at that moment. And then watching it again with Paul, then we got into quoting it. Okay. So it was like once once it start once I started actually watching it with my husband, then it became more of a thing.
1: Right. Okay. We we shall dig into the quoting later because yeah, yes, absolutely eminently quotable. <laughs> um, Mandy, how come you've never seen this? Small of all small minor films?
0: <laughs> um, Clearly, because I had never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't into superheroes in 1999, so I just did not know this movie existed at all. And even even since I've started watching superhero movies, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about this one.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's, it's, not, yeah.
2: it's, it's not one of those. It should be.
1: And it, 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 even for the era, like, I think 99 was when the first X-Men film came out. Like, this was right, the start yeah. of the modern superhero renaissance. So mm-hmm. it is a film yeah. out of time.
0: Yeah, I was to say, people weren't ready for this then. Mm. <laughs> no, they really weren't.
1: Okay. Um, obviously I don't need to give much production info because everyone's listening and going, Oh yeah, that film. Um, <laughs> Mystery Men is a 1999 superhero comedy film. It was directed by Kinka Usher and stars everyone ever. Yes. Um, Ben Stiller, <laughs> Hank Azaria, William H. Macy, Jeffrey Rush, Tom Waits, Eddie Izzard, Greg Kinnear, Janine Garofalo, Kel Mitchell. Y- you just keep naming them. Um, mm-hmm. the film was based on a team in a comic book called Flaming Carrot Comics. It had a budget of $68 million. Mystery Men is considered a box office disaster. It earned back just under half of its budget at cinemas. Three weeks later, though, The 13th Warrior would be released and was an even bigger bomb, so it takes some of the heat off. This was this was like one of the best years ever for films, but also yeah. one of the worst. <laughs> mystery men had mixed critical responses most people noted that there were good moments and elements to the film but it was largely unstructured and lacking a theme and back when movies had major singles released alongside them wild wild west was also released that summer mystery men has the greatest song ever associated with it all Star by smash mouth
2: (laughs) wait that's a bit of editorializing which i
1: unapologetically (laughs) love it's a great song
0: it is a great song, and I just assumed they used it in the soundtrack. I didn't realize it was, like, they came out together.
1: Yeah, it's it's for this film, effectively. The video for All-Star has him lifting a school bus off some people.
0: Oh, no way. That's I crazy. need to go watch that video. That's <laughs> amazing. Too. Okay. And actually,
1: I've not watched it to check. It's possible my head has created that link, but I'm sure it's in there.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to go check that out after we finish today.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I think it sounds like most people maybe probably don't know what this movie is about because nobody has ever seen it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so it's about a world where superheroes exist. And uh, when Captain Amazing goes missing, the quote unquote other guys band together to try and rescue him from supervillain Casanova Frankenstein. It's a great blend of superhero and underdog.
2: I think that's a pretty good description of it.
1: <laughs> okay, how was everyone able to watch the film, Jen?
2: I own the DVD, of course. Nice. Uh, which I kind of forgotten that I owned it. I had to flip through my little CD wallet thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I also saw that it's available for rent on YouTube. Which I watched it on my. I wanted to watch it on my phone, so I did rent it on YouTube at one point.
1: Nice, Mandy.
0: I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that Joseph owns this one, so I did not have to rent it, but it is available to rent on Amazon as well.
1: <laughs> had had he seen this before? Yes. Did he make any comments? Do we want to know?
0: Um, He chose to play Xbox while I was watching it, so he didn't, <laughs> okay. he, he watched me watch it, but mm-hmm. didn't really watch it with me, so we didn't really talk about it.
1: Okay. Um, I own this on DVD. It is available for rent on Amazon over here too. Mm -hmm. But I have the DVD, so, you know.
0: I think this might be the first time where we've all owned it in some Mm -hmm. form. Mm. Interesting. And it happens to be a movie that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) How weird.
1: Okay. So there's a lot of people in this. Uh, Mandy, what's your experience of all the actors ever?
0: Okay. I'm going to narrow this down and, and not say everything that I've yeah. seen all of these people ever in. I'm just going to mm-hmm. tell you kind of where I know them from. Um, so William H. Macy, I absolutely adore. I fell in love with him in Mr. Holland's Opus, um, and, and Pleasantville is the other one that I'm most familiar with by memory. Um, ben Stiller, Dodgeball, and Night at the Museum. I have seen other stuff, but those are the two that, when I think of Ben Stiller, those are the things I think of. Okay. Um, Hank Azaria, because he moved to Minsk on Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know he does the characters on The Simpsons, but I don't watch The Simpsons, so that's not my association. Um, Claire Forlani is uh, Anthony Hopkins' daughter in Meet Joe Black. Janine Garofalo, I know her best from Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, and also just general awareness that she's a comedian.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Greg Kinnear. I've seen very few of his movies, but I have always had this massive crush on him. I don't know why. Um, and Jan, you reminded me that I did not talk about Jeffrey Rush there. He is uh, a pirate.
2: Yeah. I think I think he was more of like a serious actor yeah. before this. And then after this, he went on to be in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So it was like this was his first weird off-the-wall villain character.
0: Yeah, it was weird because I knew that he was Barbosa and, and pirates, but when when I first saw him, he was kind of unrecognizable in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the more I watched, the more I started to see like facial expressions and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, he's I can see pirate there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's um, shockingly enough, all of those people I have at least seen in something.
1: Nice. Okay, what were your expectations of this, and do you do you have experience of superhero films? I think we know you do, but but spoofs of the genre
0: i well, I don't think I was aware that this was like a parody slash spoof. I didn't really know what it was because I did not read the synopsis before I started it, <laughs> um which is why if you look at my thoughts doc, my very first thought is, "Oh my gosh, I'm in for a ride." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I was expecting some kind of, like, random superhero thing. I figured if it was called Mystery Men, it wasn't anything I'd ever heard of. Um, I, are there other superhero spoofs besides this one?
1: I, other than the typical, you know, Wayne's Brothers type films, I'm I'm not okay. sure. Like, there's Lego Batman. Um, and there's one called Captain Underpants that I've not seen that may or may not be. The okay, most... You know. the most
2: re- The most recent Teen Titans movie that just Mm. came out, like the Teen Titans Go, was kind of a spoof too.
1: Yeah, that whole series is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But that's all cartoons. I've seen
0: none of those. So I think when I think of spoofs, I think of things like Galaxy Quest and Spaceballs. Yeah. Which Mm. are great, but not superhero.
1: I think Galaxy Quest might be the best comparison for this. It's doing the the genre and the thing as its own plot, whilst also kind of playing with the the like, concepts of it a bit.
2: Right, hmm. right. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison.
1: Okay, Mystery Men. Having heard of it and watched it and understood it, and now knowing about it, did you enjoy it?
0: I absolutely did. Yay! <laughs> and I will absolutely <laughs> watch like it again. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's awesome.
1: Do you think it would reward a second viewing?
0: Yes, I do. Mostly, I mean, just if for no other reason, that it's ridiculously fun, wonderful to quote, has some great singers, and it just kind of, it it turns its own tropes on its head, and I think it's great.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Jan, do you think it rewards a second viewing, as someone who has seen it several times?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It's... It's the quotability that makes it worth watching again and again, and and like when you know things are coming, it gets funnier.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I'd agree. I think there's so much small content, background stuff, people's reactions that is always going on that you just don't pick up when you're watching it that first time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and the the interplay is so quick at times; they are just riffing off each other at, in every scene.
2: It feels like a fun movie to make. Like mm. it feels like they had a lot of fun on set. Oh, yeah, I don't know how they did
0: this without breaking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did read some, oh, one of the reviews, I think, said that the best moments uh, of the film were all moments very in the style of each of the actors. So it comes mm-hmm. across like it's all libbed rather than in the script. So I don't know how much of that is true or not, but I can absolutely see it. that They were just told to film and go with their characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And And some of the worst stuff, some of the bits that sort of stand out a bit, Um, are the sorts of things you would script, the the Wonder Woman fight and so on.
2: That's how I felt about that scene. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I didn't love that scene either.
1: (laughs) But there are a couple of actors that we didn't mention. Um, So this almost has the sort of trifecta of greatness for shows we love. It's got an actor from the Buffy movie, it's got an actor from the West Wing, and it's got an actor from Star Trek in it. That does not often happen. (laughs) Who does
2: it have from Buffy?
1: Uh, Paul Rubens. Oh, this- he
2: was in the movie.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, that's hilarious. Because when I saw that you put Buffy in there, I was like, who was in this that was also in Buffy? And one of the Susies was in the episode Beer Bad. Oh, Really? Yes, that's what I thought you were talking about. And I was like, wow, that's such a stretch. How did he find that? How did you find that? I googled. I think I googled (laughs) Mystery Men and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and got the IMDb um, came up for it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I completely forgot that Paul Rubens was in the
2: movie. I assumed you meant Doug Jones. Because Doug Jones, who plays one of the gentlemen Mm. and is like... And is in Star Trek as well, is Pencilhead. Hi, uh, I am Pencilhead. And I am son of Pencilhead. We erase uh, crime. Two generations of, <clears throat> right. Yes, thank you. you, right. yeah, I think I like it. In oh. a random superhero scene. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'd so forgotten many. he was a
1: gentleman. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Who is the West Wing? And
1: Janine Jeline in like most of season seven. She is oh. one of Santos's um yes. people.
0: <laughs> I remember. It's been a while.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my main experience of her, but I watched this and then obviously saw the West Wing a few years later, like, oh that's yeah. that's the bowler. Cool. Cool cool cool.
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed the Dane Cook uh cameo personally.
2: Mm-hmm. Alright, state your name and power. I am the Waffler. With my griddle of justice, I bash the enemy in the head, or I burn them like so. Oh,
1: don't do that.
2: I also have uh, my truth syrup, which uh, is low fat. And I've been working on a theme song, kind of a, Waffle Man, I am the Waffler, Golden Crispy, Bad Guys of History, yeah! The Waffler. (laughs)
1: And th- that's a scene that we, we have then seen taken. I mean, Deadpool 2 basically does half of the plot of this. Yes. Which is solid. Yeah,
2: Deadpool is almost a parody mm. superhero movie as well. Yeah. yeah my, I guess I I didn't think of that.
1: Much more in a kind of post-superhero, you know, evolving the genre. But yeah, this does half of the same commentary and half of the same plot. Like, oh, Ooh. let's see how many silly superheroes we can find. The answer is a lot. <laughs>
0: And they, do, they did both have an invisible person.
1: True. Absolutely true. Okay. Um, th- the film is really good fun. There is a lot good in this film. There's a lot that it gets right. But yet it was not popular, certainly commercially. Um, and it has not gone down as, as one that people talk about as a, a must-see film, as we've already touched on. Do we have any theories on Why?
0: I think that just wasn't ready in 1999, honestly, because superheroes weren't huge yet at that point. I think we – if this movie came out now, I think it would be fantastic and, like, ridiculously popular. Okay. But I think coming out when people weren't really thinking about superheroes as being mainstream and then you kind of turn around and spoof
2: it, like, people just don't understand what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it is a 100%. It's ahead of its time. And I mean, I'm not going to lie that it's like the greatest movie of all time. It has its flaws (laughs) and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think a major thing that made it not popular is this like, yeah, it was spoofing something that didn't exist yet. Right. It wasn't until like, it was almost a decade later that Iron Man came out. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's weird because the cast of this is so phenomenal. You would think that that would be enough to get people Mm -hmm. to go see it. But... Superhero stuff just wasn't popular in 1999, and so Ooh. I just yeah, I wish that this had kind of started that superhero renaissance, but it clearly didn't.
1: Yeah, is it have either of you ever seen Batman and Robin? Yes, no, okay, I have not seen it. Um, because everyone says it's one it's, of the worst films, yeah,
2: it's it is the, the worst, <laughs> yeah,
1: um. <laughs> So, like, knowing that, I wouldn't put myself through it. But from what I have seen of it and from what I know of it, this film is not too dissimilar in quite how comic booky it is. is. Um, so I'm wondering if it's almost the fact that something like uh, X-Men and then Spider-Man and then Batman Begins was so successful was because they stopped being comic booky, Purple mm. explosions and bright colours and started being a lot more uh, naturalistic and grounded. Hmm. Maybe it was Maybe. that fatigue rather than not ready, perhaps?
0: Yeah, because this came out after Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, a yeah. couple years, Like, I think. Be, like mm. between Batman and Robin and X-Men, I think? Yeah. Okay.
2: I didn't really think about Batman and Robin because, yeah, people would have not liked that movie. And so this movie might have had some badness reflected on it because of that.
0: Yeah, especially mm. with the similarities and just, like, visually because mm. you know of the colors and the aesthetic and kind of the way it's filmed i think they're i haven't seen batman and robin but i i've read some people talking about it and i've seen like stills from the movie so maybe it was just too similar
1: yeah i have seen a, a sequence in there I think bane's in it and it's just so it's almost like the adam West batman it's got that kind of vibe going on mm-hmm.
2: for for my uh for my opinion it has the worst batgirl ever. It mm. was the first time Batgirl was ever on big screen and it, they screwed it up really badly and I really love Batgirl. So it just makes me mad. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, because she's, isn't she now Pennyworth's niece?
2: Yeah, she's she's Alfred's niece. Mm. She's played by Alicia, Alicia Silverstone and it's just it's really bad.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: I forgot she did one of those movies.
1: <laughs> but all like the, the constant punning. And the very diabolical villains. It, that's what makes me think of the two films as similar. Yeah. So I, I was really excited when this came out. Um, I, I have no idea how I found out about it, but I, I remember reading about it before it came out and visiting the film website. So this is back in the day, you know, we all had dial-up, maybe just about transitioning to broadband. Um And this was a great film website, because it had the usual trailers that you could download really slowly, posters, stills. And then it had, like, quotes you could download, like, WAV files of of individual um, lines from it. And there was some... All the way through it. I'm like, oh, that was one of the files I downloaded. Oh, that was one of the files I downloaded. So there's random lines (laughs) that I've heard over and over again. So when it finally came out, I was really excited and really hyped for this film. So I arranged loads of my friends, like six ten of us something like that to go and see this film all together one evening and i've never been allowed to forget this <laughs> um, oh, no! <laughs> to this day they talk about this as one of the worst films i've made them sit through uh so Aww. so i thought this and this is why i feel like hey i can't even recommend this to anyone because this is clearly a bad film and i'm wrong and bad and, Don't know. So I was amazed to hear someone else recommending it. Um, So I reached out to them. I thought this is the time. This is the time to get their feedback. Um, My friend Sai, who I've mentioned before, Sai and I are very close, but into very different sorts of films. He said that it was watchable, and he thinks you need to be a big comic fan to get the jokes, which may or may not be true. But he is absolutely not a comic fan. So that's fair. Uh, Chris, who is the one who definitely hated it, loathed this film. He said, this film is mad, with a capital B. It's an interesting premise that some superhero powers might be more mundane than others. It proves only that some superhero films are more inane than others.
0: So have either of these folks gone back and rewatched it since then? Oh, I
1: wouldn't even try recommending that. Because
0: I wonder if they would have a different opinion now that we've gone through this whole superhero era. Uh,
1: Maybe. I think it is such a genre film. If you don't like comic book films, you're never going to like this. That's Um, true. And I think Mm -hmm. it is also, there's aspects of it where, oh, it's got a great big budget and the effects aren't bad and some of the stuff it's doing is interesting. But also it's a bit cheap in places. So i think oh, it yeah. it never quite either fulfills what it's trying to do or overdoes it and it's like okay is this supposed to be a big spectacle blockbuster or is it supposed to be a bit kind of cheap did half the budget go on the cast is that what we're saying
2: probably yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> <laughs> i think like all the bad parts just verge into so bad it's good mm. territory that that's why I love it, is it there might be some really cheesy and really stupid humor parts, but it's because they're so bad that they're good again. Yeah, that is exactly how I described this
0: movie um, when Joseph asked me about it later. Um, I think we were sitting there, or or something was on the screen, I don't even remember what scene it was, and he goes, it's just so bad, and he's laughing, and I said, yeah, it's so bad, it's good, and he agreed with me. Mm -hmm. So I think that is the perfect way to describe Mm. it.
1: I think the the good stuff certainly wins me over enough to go, yeah, yeah, I will I will be in for whatever this du- this film does, even if it has a superhero who farts at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the good bits outweigh the bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be on board for those stupid humor parts. You just have to be like, just go with it yeah. when he's doing the fart thing. <laughs> the spleen. The mm. spleen. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I have a question. Hmm. This was in my head the whole time I was watching this. Do we think that this movie might have inspired Joss Whedon when he was working on Dr. Horrible?
2: Maybe. Mm. Like, it definitely has a Dr. Horrible similarity to it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking just because you've got, like, these weird superpowers um, that aren't normal superhero, you know. And so I saw similarities between Captain Amazing and Captain Hammer.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and then just having the hero be kind of an underdog um dr horrible has never really been successful at being a villain even though he tries really really hard and i mean the shoveler has never been successful at being a hero even though he tries really really hard um so they just felt very similar in style or, or tone maybe
1: yeah, I definitely think Moist would not be out of place in this.
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And even, like, the whole part where uh, Captain Amazing can't pronounce nemesis, nemesises. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we know each other so well, don't we?
2: Lance. Well, we've always been each other's greatest nemesises. This is sai Nemesis. What, what's the plural on that? Nemesis. Whatever. And that's, <laughs> later on, that's in Buffy. Yeah. Like, that's in Buffy season six. So I'm like, I wonder if he, if that's a coincidence or an homage or what? Is,
1: I don't think he ever did a rewrite on this, but.
0: Huh. Hmm. Oh, I never
2: thought about that. Yeah. He could have been involved in it. Mm.
1: Um, Yeah, you can definitely see him seeing this at some point and thinking, hey, that would be fun. What about that kind of world? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and talking of Captain Amazing, the idea of having a superhero with sponsors feels absolutely legit to the real world. Like that is what would happen.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was I, I found the concept of Doctor Amazing Doctor Amazing, Captain Amazing <laughs> yeah. to be depressing, honestly. hmm um mm-hmm. realistic but depressing. You know, having the man who is supposed to be the hero, the one who keeps the city safe, suddenly only doing it because it gets him good PR to the point where he wants to let a supervillain back out on the streets just so that he can like capture him again. Like that is not what a hero does.
2: No, I don't I don't think he's supposed to be a hero. I think he is he's basically the villain of the show and our main mystery men are it's, it's the story of how they become heroes right um, and how the hero becomes a villain
0: i think that right that's not how what i was expecting i think mm. i expected once i realized what the movie was going to be about i somehow expected them to save captain amazing and have him realize you know, that that he had gone astray from the whole superhero thing, and then they would all have a happily ever after. <laughs> but then Captain Amazing dies halfway through.
2: Mm. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? I think that is literally what sells me on this movie, yep. is Captain Amazing's death is so out of left field and nothing at all what you expect, Yeah, that it just, you're like, how did, like, you do not call that at all, seeing this movie, that he's mm. going to that they're going to fry him and, and that he's kind of evil right at that moment too. He's being a, like a real big jerk to them mm-hmm. as of trying to help him. And so it feels a little like he deserves it. Okay, you know what? You know what? Can we just start again? Is there some sort of, like, reset button on this thing? No, you little freak, there's no button for resetting. Flip the switch, lady. Don't stare at me. Lift your left arm. Flip it, you moron! You're a moron! moron. You're a moron! Flip the switch, flip it!
0: Thank you! I will
1: do it! I'll do do it! Flip the switch, lady! Don't look at me like
0: that! It's this one! Uh Uh-oh. Wrong switch.
2: Everybody heard
0: me say reset button, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, we killed him. What do you mean, we? I was right here. And yet, yeah. not really. <laughs> right. I mean, nobody deserves to die quite like that. But no. But she was definitely not endearing to anyone. Nope. Um, but, yeah, I think it just, it was so out of left field that I did not see it coming. And it was not at all the movie that I expected it to be, which... I think made me love it even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were talking about the cast of this movie um, and how it has basically everybody in it. And I read an article that was talking about how the star of the film later trashed it and said nobody should ever watch it and it shouldn't have been made. And then I found out that he was talking specifically about Ben Stiller. And I found it odd that he labeled Ben Stiller as the star, like the lead of the movie. And I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. Is is he who you
2: thought was the lead? I think it's who the movie thinks is the lead, but I think it's too much of an ensemble for it to mm-hmm. actually be him. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, well, my first thought was, wow, I can't believe William H. Macy would say something like that. <laughs> And then I was like, well, no, it, it really is an ensemble. Nobody really sticks out. But if I had to pick one, it would have been The Shoveler.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah, his story is much more interesting, much different than we see for other things. Mm-hmm. But I think the film, exactly like you say, Jan, it, it thinks Ben Stiller is the person that we're following. But it's very hard to care about him.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... They, because he gets the girl at the end mm. that's why he's the main character mm. well that's just stupid yeah I, oh i agree <laughs>
1: whereas the, the resolution that the certainly the emotional resolution for william h macy is so good where the family is legitimately proud of him it's a great mm-hmm. moment so well delivered yeah.
0: i spent most of the movie thinking that ben stiller didn't actually have powers like his power was saying he was getting really angry
2: yeah, I don't think he has powers.
1: Ooh, yeah, disgust.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but then, um, you know, the shoveler sticks up for him and says that one time he was so, like, rage-induced, he picked up a school bus. And so I don't know if he actually saw that or if, like, Ben Stiller said he did that. And so he's just taking him at his word. Oh, but he
1: says... That's what are you talking I... about? You lived too. in a back one. Precisely. That story's legendary. I, it was really more of a push really than a lift well, that still takes incredible superhuman strength Indeed it to push an entire bus out the way. well actually the driver kind of had his foot on the accelerator just in the beginning just to get it going then it actually was me but he kind of
2: well he was pushing it It wasn't so much a lift as a push oh I <laughs> so he <that>. didn't actually <laughs> do it <laughs> no I, I think he doesn't have any powers i think that's part of the whole joke is he keeps saying he's going to be furious and then it never actually manifests because he doesn't actually have powers he just thinks he's really angry
0: so at the end when he's trying to save the girl do you think that he was just being a normal angry person when he's trying to fight uh, Casanova Frankenstein what kind of name is that anyway (laughs) Um. the best name (laughs) so was he just like normal punching him or was he like rage
2: Mr. Furious punching him I think he was just normal punching him. Okay. I think he does, literally has no powers. Yeah. I think, <laughs> that's my yeah,
1: theory. Yeah, maybe he's strong. Maybe the thing, not like strength, super strength, but maybe he works out when he believes and actually gets his like finesse together. He can okay. be a good fighter, but like, yeah, that's as far as it would go.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't have been able to climb a wall of forks. Yeah, but does it take actual super strength to flam- climb a wall of forks? The blue Raja has powers. Mm. He puts those forks in the wall really hard. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um,
1: <laughs> okay. And he does spend his day junking stuff. So I think there's almost, it's implied. Yeah. He, he is crazy. very physically fit. Okay. Junk it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's fair. Junk it. Junk it.
1: Okay. I, I think we are now getting into gushing about this film. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Jan, I absolutely want you to go first because I'm sure there was a lot of this film that you probably know off the top of your head really well. Absolutely. Go on.
2: Well, I just every time Janine Garofalo is on the screen, mm. she's my favorite in this. She's so funny and so and like her deadpan humor just cracks me up every time. Her whole all of her conversations with her dad in the yeah.
1: in the bowling ball. Sorry, but am um, I to understand you've inserted your father's wow, skull inside of that ball for bowling
0: no got the pro shop did it <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then when she finally avenges his death she's like
0: okay now i'm going back to graduate school that was the agreement yeah.
2: everything every yeah everything out of her mouth is just hilarious yeah
1: and her reactions to the spleen are really good and well-earned yes um <laughs> <laughs> but her physical comedy is excellent. The way she catches it and is always like on one foot having to balance and um, even at the end when she's posing and smiling and so on. It, it, there's a lot of physical comedy going on that I think is overlooked yeah. with her sort of sharp wit. Yeah, But it absolutely, absolutely. adds to the character really nicely. Yeah, she's, she, she could support the whole film. Yeah, yeah,
2: I feel like she should be the main character. Mm-hmm. I just want
0: her hair. I like those green stripes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I was convinced they were changing color at one point. I'm sure they're not green to start with.
0: <laughs> no, they were green to start were with.
1: They? Okay.
2: Because it's the first thing I noticed about her.
1: And the massive eyeliner. It's just, it's a great look. Yeah. She's fun.
2: I mean, all of their relationships outside the... W- with each other and then outside of each other, like with with uh, the Blue Raja and his mother and with the Shoveler and his wife, is they're just really fun to watch that extra element of them outside of their little superhero mm. thing and how much they're either supported or not supported and I really love the shoveler's wife and how she kind of wants to support him but like he's just a shoveler <laughs> right and it's been 12 years <laughs> it's been 12 years
0: how long are you gonna do this Eddie? it's been 12
2: years I know
0: you got
1: a family to look after Eddie the kids are worried sick about you still you go out night after night running around the city for what lucille
2: god gave me a gift i shovel well i shovel very well
0: oh baby you shovel better than any man i've ever known but that does not make you a superhero
2: <laughs>
1: that that i think is the problematic line if this was you've hmm. been doing this a year i'd buy it but 12 years and there's still this rubbish
2: yeah.
1: I I feel like if the bit at the beginning with the red eyes was a bit more of a score draw rather than they are just absolutely terrible at this. Hmm. Maybe that's the thing that doesn't hold together anyway. Um I quite like Invisible Boy when the they go to see him and he's like, "Dad, I'm going into my room with these three strange men." <laughs> <laughs> Even that you've got this yes. like family member who's like, "Oh, all right." All right. <laughs>
2: And the line about
1: Maybe you should put some shorts on or something If you want to keep fighting evil today
2: This oh, is something yeah. I feel like we say on a weekly basis Because like, anytime like, our kids aren't wearing pants Or whatever, we say that line to them <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fantastic. That is a wonderful, wonderful line So what else? And about the, um, the t- Part with the toggles Where they're trying to figure out how many... <laughs> Time is to flip the toggles and then it ends up killing Captain Amazing. And Captain, Mr. Furious just says for some reason how many toggles in Toto. Captain, exactly how many toggle flips in Toto are involved in this entire procedure? Instead of in total? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> toggles Toto. <laughs> I was just wondering
0: how many times they could say the word toggle. That too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because also toggle is such a strange word to use. Everyone else, yeah. it's a lever or a switch or yes, yeah. toggle. <laughs> what is a toggle?
0: <laughs> yeah. Toggle to me is a verb, not a thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. But
0: okay. Like I would toggle the switch, but maybe I use that word incorrectly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. It's where it comes to the it's so bad it's good thing is like the repeating the same word over and over until it's funny again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it's... definitely my kind of humor. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and Captain Amazing just getting more and more annoyed at them for not understanding what he <laughs> thinks is really obvious. But it is also he's saying it really weird. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Super exactly. not obvious. All right, Matthew, what about you?
1: Uh, I have uh, a couple of things there is a bit where they're walking out of the bar and uh, the bowler is telling this story about saying sabotage or sabotage. I say sabotage. 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 And it's such a deep cut random thing about William Shatner that you hear every so often reference this whole thing that he was recording or dialogue for a video game, I think. And he was saying, oh, they've come on to sabotage the Enterprise. And someone gives him feedback like, <laughs> you need to say it's sabotage. And ends up saying, you say sabotage, I say sabotage. Spock, sabotage the system. Okay, so we have line 193 again with uh, sabot- sabotage
0: know sabotage? I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage, I say sabotage.
1: And it's just it's just background dialogue that the bowler is telling as they come out and get interrupted by the disco guys. Oh, that's so <laughs> It's so good. Um, I have to call out Eddie Azar because this might be one of the reasons I also love this film. At the time, I was the biggest Eddie Izzard fan you could find. His, he'd had a couple of shows in the years building up to this uh, definite article and Dressed to Kill that I could do off the VHS tapes, word for word. Like, I had his mannerisms, I had some of his, like, phrases, just as in my normal day-to-day language. And in this, he's just wonderful with this crazy, broad American accent. You can't hurt me, Baby Bowler. Because I'm protected. By the god of haircuts. And it's time to send you back to your daddy. You killed my father. That's right, because I'm a killer. And you're not. <laughs> I'm protected by the god of hair care. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the amount they buy into, disco is life! And we must do disco <laughs> things every single time. Even when Casanova Frankenstein goes, Piggly, everybody, into the disco room! And breaks into <laughs> the Saturday Night Fever pose.
0: Yeah, that was wonderful.
2: <laughs> That was wonderful. Like,
1: why do you have villains who are so into disco, and why does it work so much?
0: Why do you have a villain named Casanova Frankenstein? Because why
1: why wouldn't you?
2: There's no
0: rhyme or reason,
2: it just is. I feel like this movie was maybe just like a Mad Lib. (laughs) In the writer's room, they're just like, okay, throw me a noun, throw me a name, throw me a Casanova Frankenstein. Sure, let's go with that. Throw
1: me a type of music he's going to be into.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, no, honestly, though, the disco makes sense because that was what was in style when he went into the asylum. Because yeah. he'd been there for 20 years. True. But it doesn't make sense that his minions would still be so into it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess they just kept everything exactly the same for him until he got out. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I I also like that they have the guns and they are mocked for having guns. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's not a very good superhero power.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not very on theme. At least you could have a gold (laughs) thing.
1: But it's it's very much like the uh, Doctor Horrible and uh, not Doctor Evil and Scott Evil thing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, no, don't kill him with like laser sharks. I'll go and get a gun. We'll shoot him together. It'll be fun. (laughs) It's the same thing. Like, if you're going to be evil, just get a gun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they actually do it in this. And then, yeah. for whatever reason, the guns get cut in half.
0: Well, because that was the Sphinx's power.
1: But he, he never uses it again. It's never explained what or how he does it. <laughs> just that one moment. They have a bit of setup, and then they deliver. And then we ignore that power.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just so that we would know that when that happened, oh my gosh, the Sphinx
1: is here. Yeah. That's well, his power. Well, he's going he to be mysterious. That's it? That's his power? He's mysterious. Well, a bit mysterious.
0: <laughs> terribly mysterious. Terribly
1: mysterious. <laughs> but no, I love Eddie out in this. I think he's wonderful, silly, bombastic. Um, it's a shame he never got more, like, many more films in Hollywood.
2: Absolutely. I didn't think I recognized him until I watched it this time. Mm. I wasn't familiar at all with him until much more recently. And same with some of the other people in the movie, like CeeLo Green. Isn't it? Yes, yes, I saw that. Yeah, really. Like the whole the rap group is is uh, Cielo Green's group. Ah, I don't remember what they're called? So there's so many like weird cameos mm. and famous people in this movie, and yet it just bombed so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but they
0: tried really hard.
1: I, I recognize Michael Bay as one of the um, frat boys. Oh, was he? Yeah, he's the one who asked to take the beer, and I'm like... What about Captain Amazing?
0: That is an excellent question, Big Tobacco. What are we going to
1: do about the greatest superheroes that Champion City has ever known, hmm?
2: For the answer, I want you all to walk this way. Dude, can we uh, bring the brewskis?
1: Yes, of course, you may absolutely bring the brewskis. Wait, that's Michael Bay. Mandy, last one right. up. Um, what are your favorite things from this film?
0: Oh, my very, very favorite thing in the whole world in this film was when Furious is saying that he believes that Lance is Captain Amazing, <laughs> and the Shovelers just like, "No, we've been through this. Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing does not.
1: That's because Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. Oh, don't uh, start that again." lance hunt wears glasses captain amazing doesn't wear glasses he takes them off when he transforms that doesn't make any sense he wouldn't be able to see it's so good
0: (laughs) i was just like oh my god this is the best parody of that superman thing Mm -hmm. that i've ever seen yeah amazing um i yeah i was cracking up at that one and um and then like they kept it going like whenever they were getting ready to rescue him and the shoveler is just standing off to the side. He's not doing anything. Everybody else is running around trying to save him. And he's holding up these two discs to his face <laughs> to see, is this Lance or is it not? And he just keeps looking at him and it's oh, it's, it's wonderfully done.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's such a clever parody of Superman. Mm.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, and then, you know, Captain Amazing's like, well yeah i am him and everybody's like stops for a second and then he starts laughing i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like what what just happened here oh is that it was great yeah mm-hmm. um i loved the back and forth with the bowler and usually mr furious with well why don't you tell me no you tell me why don't you tell me no you tell me and it just went on and on and on like <laughs> so many times
2: so now daddy's little girl's all grown up looking for a little revenge is that it
1: yeah that is it is there a problem with that
2: why don't you tell me
1: i don't know you tell me why
2: don't you tell me why
1: don't you tell me why
2: don't you tell me why
1: don't you
0: tell me it was fantastic i don't that's know definitely, how that's definitely they a break.
2: bit that's my husband and i do yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. and then the blue raja's mom at the end, when she's watching him on TV, and she's just so proud of him. Mm-hmm. I—that That is a wonderful little moment. Mm. Yeah. It's great.
1: Yeah, if they'd made them the core, and maybe even Mr. Furious, about realizing he, ha- he has no powers. And then just him being himself a bit more, but they then go back into he has powers. But yeah, Blue Raja and the Shoveler.
0: Um, I did also really like, like, all of the Sphinx's lines.
1: Had you spotted that he was doing To pull something up You need to push it down
0: I don't think I noticed every time But I did I specifically noticed the teaching one In order for me to teach you I first have to Or in order for you to learn from me I have to teach you how to learn Mm -hmm. Or something like that And everybody was like Whoa (laughs) And I was like Okay he's just spouting nonsense (laughs) But it sounded like really good nonsense
1: I, I would have loved to have been there that day when they were writing it and just coming up with... Okay, so if you balance attack hammer, you have a balanced attack? What do we think about that, guys? Is that is that something?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, speaking of kind of punny things...
1: I say sabotage. 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 The shoveler is hammer. Which isn't even a pun, but
2: no. Like, but but, it's...
1: but the way they deliver it, as though it's like this is yeah. really clever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they thought all of the dialogue was really super clever, mm. um, which makes it fun because it was delivered so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was. It was fun.
1: And then even beyond the ensemble, the superpowers are good. The fact he does turn invisible when no one's looking and he doesn't look at himself, legitimately, yeah. it's only useful in that situation that they contrived to set up. But it works.
0: <laughs> okay, so but why does turning invisible make your
2: clothes fall off? Because his clothes don't turn invisible, so...
0: But he didn't turn, like... <laughs> he was still solid, right? I mean, he didn't disappear.
2: Because he was able to push the button. Maybe he becomes uh, some kind of incorporeal mist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my theory.
0: All right. maybe right. Pat- I- I'm just overthinking it. Patrick Swayze comes <laughs> along, teaches him how
1: to press things. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. All
0: right. If you just believe real, real hard, you can do this. Ooh. Yep. So I, when when he actually turned invisible, I was like clapping and laughing. I was so delighted. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It is. Because you expect... I mean, they're setting it up for him to not have powers. And so that's what you're expecting. Like, he's just going to help with however he helps. You know, he's just a teenager, whatever. And then he's really invisible. hmm Especially since so many of the powers... Like, I mean, we don't see Captain Amazing have powers. He's just got a suit. We don't see Mr. Furious do anything. You know, the shoveler... He twirls a shovel sometimes, but we haven't actually seen him do anything. And so you're not really expecting like somebody to turn invisible. And then he did. Hmm. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And we keep mentioning his name, but Casanova Frankenstein is a very well-done villain. Because he's very villainous, and he fights with claws on his little fingers. <laughs> <laughs> to the extent you know they made a giant... Little finger to go under the camera for this for the fight scene at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But Jeffrey Rush, That's it's good. it's good that they got a proper actor to come and do that because he just buys into it so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can beat Zabruski's. <laughs> it's so <laughs> random, but it works.
0: All right, we have been gushing for a little while, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. is there anything else that we need to talk about with Mystery Men?
2: Well, I feel like despite how much like I love this movie, I'm used to taking things way too too seriously seriously sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, not you. Not me. Not my podcast. (laughs) So I really noticed this time around watching it that like its treatment of women is really bad. This movie has like uh, what we call the Smurfette principle. Mm -hmm. So that's like the one woman in the superhero group. Which is pretty standard for superhero groups, mm. but and, and I really hate. Her
1: skill is that she's the woman. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. And then there's the stupid, like, two Wonder Woman fighting, yeah. the PMS Avenger, and then Claire Ferlani. I can't even remember her character's name Monica. Monica? Monica. Yeah. She has absolutely no actual character traits besides being a love interest for Mr. Furious.
1: Yeah, she starts off seeming like she might be interesting with a bit of, uh, like, not caring, being a bit apart from the world, having her own thing going on, but it never delivers. Yeah. She she almost ends up more blank because of that.
2: And then she's, like, she's captured by Casanova Frankenstein for reasons, I guess, yeah. to give him motivation. Literally damseled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that the, they shrink the clothing. They have like the clothing oh, yeah. shrink ray, and of course they use it on all the hot women, and so all their clothing shrinks up. And like, uh, it was that was just bad. I didn't like that at all. Yeah,
1: agreed. And th- there's no reason any of the mystery men could have been women.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like all of them, even Mister Furious, but they just weren't. They just mm. weren't.
2: Yeah, just went with kind of the standard. One woman in the group. That's it. That represents But but
0: they didn't dress her in your standard female superhero wardrobe.
2: That is true. She is an awesome representation of women. Mm, Like, I love Janine Garofalo in this. It's fantastic. Everything about her. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I. I Pity the person who tries to suggest a a boob window to Janine Garofalo. (laughs) 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 Exactly. (laughs) oh yeah but yeah that is a shame would you uh, how would you rate this on your scale as uh good not good seriously good
2: well actually uh i was watching it with with paul Mm. my husband and podcast partner and we were saying like this is a really good movie but it's seriously bad okay (laughs) in terms of like the politics of it and the, the social justice, it's pretty bad. But it's such a good movie that we don't care. <laughs> I can
0: see that.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely one that I think I would watch again. I, I'm not sure that there are going to be many times where I'm like, mm, I really want to watch Mystery Men. But I think if somebody else suggested it, I'd be like, yeah, that's good. Or if I saw it on TV, I would absolutely stop and watch it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely.
1: A good comedy does go a long way. And there is definitely good comedy in there.
0: Yes. All right. Well, if you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eloquent gushing. You can email us at podcast at eloquentgushing.com, or you can leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com slash eloquent gushing. We're also on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Kay.
1: And I'm at Matthew Vose. Jan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been wonderful having you here. And thank you for recommending this film. I'm kind of delighted, (laughs) as you can tell. Um, Where are people able to find you and your podcasts?
2: Oh, thanks so much for inviting me onto your podcast. It's been awesome. And I'm so glad that I was able to like... Be someone else who loves this film, Matthew. <laughs> you can find me uh, on Twitter. My personal Twitter is JLMo. that's J-A-Y-E-L-L-E-M-O. Or my podcast, uh, Way Too Seriously. You can find goodstuff.fm slash WTS. Um, Clockworks, our podcast about the TV show Legion, is also there on Good Stuff. So you can find either of those there.
1: Awesome. I I think I do... Way too seriously, in the same way people do pop-culture-deprived. As and when I watch a film you've covered, the first thing I do is go and listen to it. So I would watch the two Paddington films last week, over the weekend, listen to your your episodes about them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We've got one about Teen Titans Go! coming out soon. Oh, really? Okay.
1: (laughs) I loved that. That was so much fun. There were five of us in the cinema to see that, so I'm not surprised no one's heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) And admittedly, it was me, my wife, and my nephew were three of the five, so... Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. What else have you got coming up?
2: We have that is next week. <laughs> <question. laughs> we just released one on uh The Greatest Showman. Mm. And we've also got one on the movie Holes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not like that one? Uh the first
0: time I watched it I hated it. I've seen bits and pieces since then and it's been more
2: like Tolerable. We'll see. We d- we read the book together as a family, so now we're watching uh, it. Okay,
0: yeah, I did read the book, and I think I enjoyed the book more than the movie, and that's probably yeah. where my issues came from. But yeah, fair enough. Um, I have your episode on. Our, I I plan to listen to The Greatest Showman as soon as <laughs> I can. I just am way super far behind on everything. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm hoping that people like parts of it as much as I did.
2: <laughs> hoping I. Liked it. Paul did not. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. He's a bit of a snob when it comes to musicals. Like he lo- We both love musicals, but he is a little more snobby about them. Okay. So yeah, there was that. <laughs> well, it was weird for a musical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Awesome. Cool. It will be fun to find out. Mm. Pop culture deprived is 100 funded by listeners like you through our Patreon page. Anything you can give, even one dollar a month, gives access to exclusive content and helps to support the network. To find out more, visit Patreon.com/EloquentGushing, and don't forget to visit the homepage EloquentGushing.com to catch our other shows and subscribe to our weekly newsletter with updates about what's coming out.
0: And we will be back next week with another episode of Pop Culturally Deprived, where we'll talk about Star Trek Three. Until next time, I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And we are number one. All others are number two or lower. (laughs) Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.